Well, hello, and welcome back, my friends, to another scary, scary edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LaBooth, and we've got some amazing, amazing, good, creepy, scary stuff for you today. Ah, man, I can't talk. But we got some great, good, scary stuff for you guys. Hope you're ready to get a little scarified. Before uh, we get into everything and start talking about anything, do me a favor, guys, and hit that subscribe button right now for me. It'll make a good little boy like me just trying to get by telling ghost stories feel so much better. But, anyways, how's everybody doing out there in Spookland? Hope everybody's having a great time, great time at work. Hope your health is great. Hope your family's great. Hope you're uh, staying de—I mean, staying hydrated out there, and it's a hot summer weather we got, baby. It's gonna be a long hot summer, another big hot summer. I'm used to it though down here in Texas, but Jesus, it's getting pretty damn hot. So, with that being said, man, uh, hope you're having a great time. Hope I don't sound too redneck, you know. Sometimes going, "Hey, man," I don't mean to, but uh, yeah. We are going to cover Canada, so I got some good, great stuff. So uh, let's dive on down to the nitty-gritty, guys. So sit back, relax, kick your feet back, get your blanket, snuggle up with your dog or kitty with some coffee or some hot cocoa, and sit back and relax and listen to Uncle Boo tell you some creepy, creepy stories. <laughs> All right, our first story is of the Greg Doroch Castle, the haunted place in Victoria. Greg Doroch Castle in Victoria is a Scottish Barnall-style mansion located in British Columbia, Canada. Owing Owing to its uh, to its landmark status in Victoria, it was tabled as a National Historical Site of Canada. Greg Dorich Castle in Victoria is over 2,300 years... I mean, years. It is 2,300 uh, millimeters and compresses 300... or comprises of 39 rooms. It was built in the 1800s for a wealthy family from the coal industry, Robert Desmoule and his wife, Joan. However, Robert died in seven, uh, within 17 months before the uh, construction on the uh, Greg Dorch Castle was finished. Sorry about that, guys. I got done with that story and I fucking looked up and my fucking computer quit recording. So I got to go back now. I found my notes. I found the spot where I was at. Okay, we're talking about the Greg, uh, Greg Dorrich, uh, Greg Dorrich Castle. The man who started building it, Robert, he died, remember, 17 months before construction of the uh, castle was finished. The first, uh, ar- the first architect of the castle Warren Haywood Williams was deceased as well before the finalization of the castle. Excuse me, castle. 
Oh, my God. His son, James. Where was it? Okay, his son, James, and Alexander decided to finish the castle after their father's death. When the architects died, when the architect died, his work came under the control of his partner, Arthur L. Smith, in the year 1890. James Dismuir was appointed as well for the construction of the Victoria's Second Castle in, Haley, in the Haley Castle, which is located in Collwood, British Columbia. Sorry for you YouTubers, you get to hear this shit again. I fucked up and didn't hit record over here for my auto parts, so... Yeah, my bad. Sorry, YouTube guys. So remember, if you watch the video on this, you can fast forward through this uh, story. <laughs> not on yet, not on the uh, auto, but on the video you can. But I'll get back to the story. Oh, where was I? The castle's construction is believed to have cost around five hundred thousand dollars. In today's terms, that's probably like four or five million, dude. I mean, it's a castle. That thing sold, sells for a lot, probably, if it's sold. <clears throat> and consists of granite from British Columbia, tiles from, tiles from San Francisco, and an oak staircase manufactured in Chicago. When, uh, it, when, in, when uh, intently constructed, the castle was uh, situated in 28 acres of uh, formal gardens. After Joan DeSmiro's death, his daughter sold the Greers, the, Greer, the castle and land. They sold the castle to the land investor Griffith Hudges for thirty-eight thousand dollars. God dang, thirty-eight! I just hit me. It cost them five hundred thousand to build the damn thing, and they only sold it for thirty-eight. What the fuck? They lost their ass on that. Uh, okay. Anyways, who split the property into uh, building sets to increase the sales for the uh, duration of a slow real estate uh, market? Hughes proclaimed that the uh, castle would be the theme of a lottery to be won by one of the residential parcels buyers imprinted from the uh, property. Solomon Carmen, who won the castle, mortgaged the uh, manor to fund other spec other spectacular uh, things like uh, gambling. Apparently, he was a real bad gambler, and uh, it was gambling was really booming back then. But then it died out, and he was kind of dead broke uh, by 1919. The ownership of the castle was transferred to one of the uh, Souls of Soulsman's creditors. Here's about the Dismira family in the castle. Robert Dismira's death brought trouble to the family. Differ from his oral promises made to his sons, he left his whole property and business uh, assets to his wife. This disappointed both Alex and James since they worked their entire life for the family business. It took seven years to uh, argue with uh, with their mother, Joan. That's, that's fucked up. That's their own mother. To their mother to give them uh, the title, give them the title to the San Francisco company. Then it took another three years to agree for the uh, terms to buy the Willington 
uh, coolery. And then I think that was it. That's all they got after that. Which, uh, okay. With this, uh, Alex said he felt financially secure enough to marry he had the love of his life, Miss Josephine, a divorcee who lived with her, uh, who lived, he lived with her for 20 years as husband and wife. However, their marriage lasted only six weeks. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so he lived there for 20 years. Okay, anyways, that kind of messed me up there. But anyways. Tika Tika, where was I? He lived with her for 20 years and as, as husband and wife. However, the marriage lasted only six weeks. Alex died while they were on their honeymoon in New York. Ow. So I guess he was married to her as husband and wife, but they never really got married. And when they got married, I take it that's when he died. Alex died while they were on their honeymoon in New York. After the death, the family was divided due to arguments over Alex's uh, will. Will. The fight ended up in a lawsuit that went all the way to the Judicial uh, Committee of the uh, Privy Council in London. Uh, James was the chief of the British of British Columbia at the time. And when he sued his sued his mother, the news went everywhere and all over the place. Joan and James did not speak for several years. Joan passed away in 1908. Greg Dort, the uh, castle where she lived for 18 years, was 18 years. It was believed that James would not attend the funeral, but he ha he did, however. The castle's uh, regular life continued until 1970 when the uh, Dorich, when the Castle uh, Historical Mu Museum Society took up the uh, upkeep and everything of it. The Greg Dorich Castle in Victoria was renovated significantly by the uh, DC DSCR before uh, before. Interacting as a military hospital in 1919. The kitchen was uh, replenished and the walls were rearranged on every floor. New bathrooms and hydrotherapy along, the, uh, new, new sink, along with the new sinks that were mounted. The four-story uh, castle still owns rich still owns rich furnishings from the 1890s and is famous for its stained glass and its uh, great woodwork or mas master woodwork. <clears throat> the Greg, the uh, Castle Historical Mu Museum Society holds the castle still to present day. Now let's go over some of these uh, hauntings. I'm going to have to stop and make another goddamn cup of coffee. Sorry for the GD, guys. Okay, the hauntings. Here are some of the ghosts that are pursued to be connected with the Dismere. They say some of these ghosts are connected with the Dismere family. People have encountered a, a specific ghostly figure, which they believe to be Jonah Dismere. 
they have seen the uh, spectator walking down the main street in a ball gown. Oh, down the main stairs, not street, down the main stairs in the in a ball gown. And the most unusual thing about the ghost is that no one has ever seen her in any other part of the house or cat or part of the castle or doing anything or being anywhere else. She's never going down the stairs. She's always going up. I mean, she's always going up. So, But you guys on the video part already know that. And here are some other uh, stuff. Her specter has been seen standing in the uh, cellar, glaring at the floor. See, that don't make any sense either. First off, it says that she uh, don't go anywhere. Oh, because I missed, I didn't say one thing. My bad. The basement is the uh, the basement of the castle is supposedly haunted as well. It's assumed to be haunted by a young girl, and some say she is the second daughter of Robert Dismuir. She died soon after Robert. Her specter has been seen standing in the cellar glaring at the floor. That makes a lot of sense since I got that paragraph in there. However, the this However, she does not stay for long. As soon as, as soon after, as soon as you've seen her, she vanishes and fades away, never to be seen again. Other paranormal uh, paranormal events consist of sudden drop in temperature, which I wish would happen here today. In the uh, sense of the in the sense of a can of candle wax. Hitting on you coming from above, but then when you go look, there's nothing in the ceiling. Pretty creepy. Others have heard ghostly crying sounds of a child, objects moving on their own, and the sound of a uh, piano coming from the dining room when no one is present. And most importantly, there isn't any piano in the place, and there hasn't been one for a long time. So if you're ever around British Columbia... Go check out this place. Greg Dorich Castle. It's a big, pretty place. I wish I could afford a castle. I love castles. They're itty-bitty. I mean, they're uh, pretty big, man. Well, I'm going to take a quick commercial break real quick. Rest my vo vocal cords real quick since I had to tell that first story twice. Because I'm a jackass who don't know how to hit record. But I will be right back, and we're going to take a little break. Well... How's everybody doing today? This is good old friend Uncle Dickie from Borderline Texas Trash. The most popular podcast in the world today. It's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a stein, baby. Well, if you're wondering, what the hell is Borderline Texas Trash about? And who is it, some bitch Uncle Boo? Well, Uncle Boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting today, babies. We're going to get funky like a monkey on some ton of greens. I'm coming in on white lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of borderline Texas trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day, talk about uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that. And we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts, do a little joking around, and my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called 
Ash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Boothville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. And we have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Corner. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline, Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. Uh, I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. So go check us out, man, and come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dicky, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, babies. Because we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I've wine and dined with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, Borderline Texas Trash. Don't forget about it. If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politics bullshit... <coughs> Come check my show out. Come check me and my crazy family out. Some of the shit we do, we do live uh, shows from the barbecue. So I'll see you later. Bye. All right. Our next story is going to be the St. Francis Xavier University or a hall. <coughs> when you think of a haunting, haunting of a university of a university dorm you might not be the first place you think of but the SFX Gilmore Hall is reported to be haunted by two resident ghosts Mount St. Bernard College was opened by the Sisters of Notre Dame in the late 19th century of the Catholic Girls uh, School before it became an uh, af- it became afflated with San Francisco, with San Francisco Xavier University, a decade later, presided, presided over by the Sisters of Notre Dame, legend has it that one of these sisters was in love with the with a priest, but she was uh, so overcome with guilt, she was overcome with guilt, and over the affair that she jumped from the balcony to her death. Some even say that the priest went on the uh, went on to kill himself as well due to the overwhelming guilt and grief he felt both the grief that felt in both his lover's and unborn child's babe death. Oh, so apparently she was pregnant. So that's another reason. An apparition of the of a priest, often seen lurking around the school's spiral stairway. They are now known as they are now known as the Blue Nun and the Red Priest. Every year, the fresh every year freshman freshman report of ghostly fig, uh, fig a ghostly figure in the glowing blue habit drifting through their dorm rooms sounds of footsteps walking the hills at night hearing disembodied voices in the hallways they stuffed giggles in the uh, hallways when no one is there students have always reported lights lights and 
appliances turning on their own in the middle of the night. Objects moving around their room, including textbooks being uh, uh, thrown across the room. Thrown across the room's floors. Slamming doors. Water uh, faucets turning on and off. Shadow figures. And even the sound of an old telephone ringing. A recent resident of the uh, of St. FX had a particular haunting experience in her room. In the wee hours of the morning, about to fall asleep, she heard a crash. Turning her head, she saw that a cup had fallen to the uh, ground. Its plastic lid and straw separated on the floor. Too afraid to pick it up, she felt the distant... She... Mm, too afraid to pick it up, she left the distant pieces there. The next day, she recounted this story to her friend. Upon hearing her remember that he had borrowed a dish from her and returned her cup, the same cup that she had seen fall in the room that night before the same cup she had passed in order to visit its friend. Okay, that's a tongue-twisting shit. A seemingly, a seeming, seemingly mundane yet unex, unexplained event that can only be at, attributed to the paranormal happenings of the place. Other students, other students whose books and papers regularly rearrange themselves, reported walking in the uh, wake. Walking in the middle of the day, or god damn, reported walking in the middle of the night to find a specter with red glowing eyes hovering over his bed. The figure pointed at him and then disappeared. That's fucking creepy. You know what that means? He's having an affair with somebody and got him pregnant. If you, if you, if you know of any, okay. Never mind. But that's about that story. That one wouldn't, wouldn't bad. God dang, I can't talk. That one wouldn't, 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 wouldn't bad. Jesus. That one wasn't bad. That's what my dumb ass was trying to say. Uh, I thought there was more, like the blue nun or something. Or was that just another? Yeah, I guess that was just another deal. All right, my friends. Now, I think it's time for another one. This one's going to be the Fairmount Baths Springs. Fairmount Baths Springs. Oh, let me get a drink. All right, 132 years ago, the popular Alberto vacation spot was allegedly set set the scene for horrific murders, suicides, and terrible accidents. Rooms have been boarded up, and the paranormal are frequently recorded. Some are skeptical, but many claim to have seen with their own eyes. The bride of the 
the bride of the Banff Springs, is perhaps the most active ghost of the hotel, even appearing on collectors' stamps and coins. Like many ghost stories, retold hundreds of times, the details have become embellished and no one is quite sure how the how or what happened to this uh, elusive woman in white. Mm, great, another dang woman in white. Other, uh, other unexplained apparitions and heavy activity have been recorded in room 873. Unfortunately for adrenaline junkies or shining fans looking to get a five-star spook, the room does not actually exist anymore. Apparently after, apparently after years of people claiming that they are terrorized in the uh, suite, the hotel decided to permanently seal the suite room. So nobody goes in there for nothing. I wonder what happened in there. <clears throat> Although hotel staff claims that no such crime ever took place, the room is believed to be the place where a man killed his wife and daughter before taking his own life. Another uh, story much lies more sinister than others in the uh, Sam in the uh, others in Sam the Bald Man or Sam the Bell Man. Said to be a helpful, cheery spirit, Sam is often mistaken for a live for a live employee. We're not sure if we buy into any of these myths, stories, leg stories or legends, but we do get a bit of a funky shiver whenever we're at the resort. Our uh, we are at the resort ourselves. It could be a chill from an open window or the presence of the lost and damned. Who knows? Really, though, if you're ever in the area, go check it out. It's a beautiful spot, and it makes you say, hmm, <laughs> All right, I got some more ghost stories from that place. During the construction of the original hotel... Of the during the construction of the original wooden hotel, there was a significant error from the uh, contractor. A room was built with no windows or doors, which was not even shared with the hotel owner. The room was discovered after a fire broke out in 1926. Since then, apparitions of Operations are often seen roaming the hall outside the rooms. <clears throat> the room was, was reportedly the scene of a tragic murder of a family. Its door has since been bricked up and made to look like the rest of the wall in the hallway. This is probably talking about that story, but there's uh, plenty more from this place, so... Guests have reported seeing apparitions outside the room, possibly members of the family that were reported to have been uh, murdered here. 
Stories suggest a woman dressed in her wedding gown lost her life on that staircase. There were candles in these stairs. There were candles on these stairs when the bride was walking up to the up to them. When suddenly her dress caught a fire in a panic she tripped and fell down these stairs dying from broken dying from a broken neck. Many people have reported seeing her ghost in full in her full wedding gown often dancing in the ballroom. Guests of these staff guests in these staff have in some cases uh, witnessed it. Okay, here the flames from her dress. Others uh, have seen the woman on the uh, staircase where she lost her life. Staff members have also reported strange noises coming from the uh, bridal suite, even when the suit is vacant. Here's the story about the bellman, and it says a guy named Sam is perhaps the most popular. Of all the Banff Springs ghost, he was a he was a bellman at the hotel and oh ugh, God, he was a bellman in the hotel in the sixties to the seventies. However, not much is known about how or where he died. Excuse me, his spirit is said to be haunted, said to haunt the hotel to this day. He has been known to appear in the here in 1960s uniform holding uh holding guest holding guest entering locked rooms turn on the room lights or help with uh, carrying bags that's was his job duty he was a big old boy that's what they do he's often witnessed on the uh, ninth floor he will vanish he will vanish if you try to start a conversation or attempt to tip him Here's uh, some other stuff. As well as the most popular. Okay, we're just going to start here. Okay, I've already read that. Okay, this is uh, the secret room. Okay, we've already said that, talked about that. All right. What's left on here? Which room? Well, okay, wait. Here's a little bit more of the history. Well, no. Yeah, here's some of the more of the history. The hotel was built in Alberto, Canada. It was built in 1888. It was originally a wooden structure. It was created out of the uh, necessity while... Necessity when the uh, Cana- Canadian Pacific Railroad was stretched westwards and high-class hotels were needed for the people traveling along the route. The pri- vice president of, the, of CPR saw the hotel as a stop-off point and a world-class travel destination. With breathtaking mountain scenery and natural hot springs, it had a lot to be proud of 
a major fire in the 1926. Okay, we talked about that. But yeah, this place seems pretty damn creepy, guys. I would definitely go check it out. That seems uh, pretty cool. And if uh, any of you are in Canada, and if I'm fucking these stories up or not telling them right, or if you've heard of them, tell me what you he you have heard. So, anybody out there, if I'm ever doing any story around your area where you live or something, you can always um, email me or send a shoot on uh, Facebook and tell me about it. Okay, our next story is the Keg Mansion. Lillian was the only daughter of the daughter of heart educated Okay. Lillian was the only daughter of heart educated at the head of its uh, time Wilson Women's College in Hamlet in Hamilton. She died in 1915 while living in today's Keg Keg Mount Keg Mansion. <clears throat> Only six years after her husband, according to the tragic legend, it happened just after Lillian's death. So beloved by her staff, and said inside the Keg Mansion, a maid took her lot took her. A maid took her mistress's death to heart. Oh, God. That's crazy. So when the old man died, she said, I can't take it anymore, and killed herself. Wow. Uh, okay, and then Lillian said she learned of Lillian's... Uh, okay, anyway, said she learned of Lillian's passing. The maid walked... To the oval, visible above the main uh, staircase, same area near the uh, very haunted second floor, in the woman's washroom, finished the uh, nose, tied it to the oh. Uh, she got a noose ready to hang herself, tied it to the old strong wood, climbed over the uh, side of the uh, over the side and dropped off, and dropped. The house staff found her soon after swinging above the foyer near the stairs. Most believe her death was, a, was out of grief. Another version of the legend suggests different saying that the maid was having a secret affair with a married messy with, mm, God dang it. Having an affair, having a secret affair with a married Massey family member. For some reason, she felt the secret would be exposed after Lillian's death. So I guess Lillian knew about it. Kept it under wraps. This one's uh, the maid's ghost. It doesn't matter which version of the legend you believe. Many consider Lillian's maid to be the resident ghost of Keg's mansion. Witnesses to the maid's spirit include King's staff looking up, uh, locking up at night, walking to secure the front door after a long night of serving, a long night of serving customers, 
movements out of the corner of their eyes, spin to the right to the uh, grand staircase. They call it glimpse. They call it a glimpsey, a flash seen through to terrif- terrify the toughest employee to take to fright in the mo- mo- moment. But remember always what they saw. What what they saw a woman hanging from the second floor, swinging slowly from her noose, and the second she's gone. So one minute you'll see this figure hanging, and that's creepy, man. That is fucking nuts. I'd go cuckoo for cocoa puffs. I'd be, I'd be running. That'd be weird seeing something like that at the corner of your eye dangling, then turn around, bam, it's gone. Um, staff only see the maid at the uh, grand staircase, always hanging, never anywhere else in the mansion. That's where she always hangs around. Get it? I <laughs> uh, kill me. I really do. And I think I got more on this one. I think I found some more stuff. Yes, I did. Okay, and this story's talking about... Okay. Okay, it's built on... Okay, here we go. In Victoria, Toronto, Jarvis Street was the symbol of high society. Elaborate mansions lined the street with each one as unique as the last. Built in 1867 by Arthur McMaster, the Keg Mansion... ...boosted an Orient interior and exterior... Not orient, an ordinate entire and exterior. The red, the red shingles and green brace window accents pop against the uh, natural brick. Soft colors inside the, the line, the 26 different rooms and 17 fireplaces. The home would be uh, bought in 1882 by the Cleveland Agricultural. Re- Equipment salesman, uh, President Hart Massey, and his wife. The Masseys added a turret, uh, Varde, in a greenhouse, but left much of the uh, original decoration untouched. The Masseys, the Masseys quickly became one of the most prominent families in the city. In fact, Hart Mosley helped fund uh, buildings at the University of Toronto, such as Massey's Hall. After Hart's uh, death, the daughter Lillian took over her <coughs> or took over his estate and named the home Eclined Hall. Having a woman run such as a vast enterprise was uh, very rare back then, back in them days, and unheard of at the time. Hart's grandson, Vincent, and Raymond also rose to the uh, prominence of the social status. Vincent became the governor. Vincent became the governor uh, general of Canada in 1952, 
Raymond became an Oscar-nominated actor after Lillian's death. The house was entrusted to the University of Toronto and later served as a veterans hospital and art gallery and even a radio station. Sorry, I got to find the right place with my goggles, my goggles, my bifocals sometimes. The keg, uh, the keg mansion has seen its fair share of tragedy. It's more than 150 years old. The uh, Lillian, Ma- Lillian Massey passed away in the home in 1915. After her death, one of Lillian's most devoted ma- maids took her passing very hard. And it said that she hung herself. And that's the story I've already told. But there's no shortage of ghost stories from Greg Manchin. People have reported the sounds of children playing around the home, mainly closer to the stair by stairwell by the where the boy fell. The uh distrunt maid of Lillian Massey is so called said to roam the building. She will uh, sometimes appear in the bathroom. No. Appear in the room she died in, hanging in the corner. Lillian, Lillian Massey herself can be heard and seen in different times, most likely still watching over the home, even, uh, even after her passing. So... If you're ever around Canada, go check out the old keg mansion. It sounds like a pretty happening spot. If you know what I mean, Mr. Jelly Bean. Oh. Okay. I guess we'll get on with our next story. I got two more left. Okay. Peggy's Cove is one of the... uh, Peggy's Cove is one of Nova Scotia's. Oh, Nova Scotia. Peggy Cove is one of Nova Scotia's most popular tourist. uh, God dang it. Tourist locations. And it's when not only for the. for its beauty. Okay. It is known not only for its beauty and its lighthouses, but it's also known for its ghost stories. One of the most famous ghost stories from Peggy's Cove is that of a lady in blue. According to the legend, according to the legend, Peggy Cove was named after the only survivor of a schooner that ran aground and sunk in 1800. A young girl by the name of Margaret and was taken in by one of the local families. Locals called her Peggy, or Peggy of the Cove, and some say she's, some say she married a local man, and settled in the fishing village, before moving to North Dakota. As the story goes, there was a woman who had traveled from Europe to Canada, hoping for a better life for herself and her two children. Excuse me. Unfortunately, she did not even. Unfortunately, she did not have enough money to bring her children with her, but hoped to earn enough money to uh, send them 
and send money for her children and stuff. So sitting in the video, sitting in the village of Peggy Cove, she married a local man who was very kind to her. One day she was uh, sitting on the rocks, daydreaming of her child, and was very sad because she missed them. She missed them so. Her new husband soon joined her, and seeing that she was feeling down, he tried to cheer her up by singing and dancing on the rocks. And when he was dancing, he slipped and fell on the rocks, killing him instantly because he hit his head. Bam! And the locals found him later, but there was no sign of her. Oh. Some say that she likely felt responsible for her death and she took her own life by falling into the sea. Even to this day, some people have seen the uh, mysterious lady in blue and it has been said that she looks poised to jump into the sea and when someone tries to help her, she disappears sadly into the night. So... <clears throat> that one seemed pretty good too so if anybody's ever been around there or heard anything about that story just uh, let me know alright our last and final story okay our last and final story is the Dovington Provincial Park Dunnefin Provincial Park okay the site, the site of one of Alberto's very first trade posts. The park is believed to be home. The park is said to be believed to be home to many paranormals going on, many paranormal ghosts. One of the most Common reports is the ghost of a woman who froze to death one fateful night while searching for her husband during an unreeling snowstorm. Many eyewitnesses witness accounts report the singing of a uh, the singing of a lantern flickering in the uh, distance, right where the woman's body was found. There is a common sighting. Of a priest sitting in a sitting at a desk in the uh, rectory, he's also been seen by passersby standing up and looking out of a window. Ooh! A common claim at the park is the feeling of being watched throughout the uh, surrounding uh, area, even the uh, Dungavin uh, Bridge. Where the ghost of a woman dressed in a long fucking god dang, a woman dressed in a long white hooded cloak and bare feet has been witnessed. Her figure has also been spotted around the mist coming in from the river. There has been a lot of paranormal activity and witness accounts at the park. The park is uh, one of the Provincent's earliest uh, trade posts, like I've already said. And, of course, the same thing with this one is the uh, lantern. So if you're ever out there in the woods and you see a lantern 
in a ghost uh, and you hear some voices, uh, if I was you, I'd just run. I wouldn't try to go help or go to the ghost at all. I would, I'd, I'd leave. I'd just say, you know, you won this time, Mr. Ghost. I don't want nothing to do with you. Sorry, I'm redoing my mic real quick. But that is it for today, guys. And I'm so glad you had patience with me. Sorry about fucking up on YouTube and telling the story twice. You guys got to hear it twice. Sorry about that. But, hey, guys, I want to say thank you all. Our numbers are growing freaking big time, and it's amazing, and I love it. So keep it up, guys. Our follower numbers are getting bigger. We're getting good consecutive downloads every day. So I'm pumped. I'm ready. You guys are awesome. I love it, love it, love it. So, just want to say thank you for that and keep doing it. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button on uh, Spotify or anything. Uh, yeah, and just keep downloading and keep uh, keep listening, man. I, I appreciate it and I love it to death because you guys uh, don't understand. I mean, this is awesome. I get heard by the whole world and it's amazing. And I want to thank you guys. But this has been Stephen Booth. Stephen Lebu from Ghost Stories told us in the South. You guys have a good one. Be good. Be real. We will see you later. Have a good scary night.